Warning, this content may contain material that some viewers may find disturbing. Viewer discretion advised. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Blue Collar Boys. We are back and better than ever. We definitely needed that week off. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, so before we start the epi today, I'm just going to mention to you guys that we do have our website up and running and we are selling merch. The uh, link to that is in our Instagram bio on, obviously, Instagram. You can find us at Blue Collar Boys Pod. And then our website URL is BCB, as in Blue Collar Boys, podcast.square.site. Make sure to check that out. Check out our merch. I personally have our black dad hat and the white sweatshirt and absolutely love both. So make sure you check those out. And, of course, we profit from that as well. And we appreciate you guys' support. Uh, we're going to jump right in here, and I think uh, Dunk's going to take the lead on some baseball. So we're just going to go through some talking points about baseball. We're not even going to really touch on them. It's just stuff that has happened this week that um, I really kind of felt is something that we need to touch on. Um, so Nelson Cruz was recently traded to the Rays, who I feel they didn't need to have another power hitter. But it's whatever. And also, first at bat with the Rays went yard. So he's, that's kind of sick, though. Yeah, he's what I wrote here is Nelson Cruz was traded to the Rays? Question mark. How will he work, perform? So obviously he's going to perform just like Nelson Cruz always does, and he's going to go off. Um. So I have the San Francisco Giants are the first team to sixty wins after the All Star break, which I think well obviously. Last year was the shortened seasons, right? Right. So that wouldn't have happened. Um, but it hasn't happened since, like, 2015 where somebody's reached 60 wins, like, a week after All-Star break. Is what about the Red Sox year? They won it and they won the Gunner. Oh, shit, games, actually. So they, might, they might have been 60 before All-Star break. Was that 2018? 2018 was the year that they won the All-Star uh, the. I'll keep going. Um, so this year is the first year that baseball is in the Olympics. Uh, it's been since 2008 that they haven't been there. Um, we got a pretty good team that is, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, whatever. Um, no, we have a pretty good team that is showing out for the United States, which is good. Any big names playing for us? Um, I'd have to look at it. Um, uh, Eduardo Escobar. Eduardo Escobar's on there. Oh, nice. Which I for sure thought he would have been Dominican, but I don't know, maybe. Um, Jaron Duran. Absolute stud. Got called up to the Red Sox. I wasn't sure how to feel about him, but he's been going off so far, which is really nice. Um, Albert Pujols has the most games played by a Dominican player ever, and that is 2,934. So, that's not consecutive. Um, the most consecutive games played is by Cal Ripken Jr. It's up there in, like, the 2,600s. Yes, yeah, Um, that's never going to be broken for a record. Um, but... This is the most games ever played by a Dominican player. Albert Pujols is 41, I believe, so he has quite a few seasons. And still playing at a fairly high level, too. Still playing at a very high level. I have um, the Olympic 
roster pulled up, and there are some names that I recognize on here. Um, Tyler Frazier still on? Right off, the, right off the bat, you have Tyler Austin, who yep. used to play for the Yankees. He's the one that Joe Kelly got in a fight with. Mm-hmm. Joe Kelly Fight Club, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, Tristan Casas, who's in the Red mm-hmm. Sox system. He plays for, actually, double-A ball, so he's in Portland, but he's obviously at the Olympics right now. Is he in Portland? Yeah, Portland. Yeah, double-A. Um, Todd Frazier, who's yep. a free agent right now, but he's been in the league for a yeah, while. Yeah, Todd Frazier. I don't know why I thought it was Adam Frazier. Scott Casimir, mm-hmm. who's in the San Francisco Giants uh, system. Uh, and I think that's just about it. The rest of the guys are all pretty much minor leaguers, mostly triple-A and double-A. I can't remember who the one was, but... Um, he was designated as like the the flag bearer when they walked in for like the opening ceremonies. He was one of the flag bearers for the baseball team. Oh, I don't know. Um so one of the biggest talking points that I have or one of the biggest points that I have to talk about today is the Cleveland Indians finally changed their name because of the whole controversy of the Indian name. Uh, they are now the Guardians, which I'm not sure when they will switch over to that. It's next but season. Next season. Which, um, I have no problem with them changing their name. No, but the that's that's is, a complete makeover because now they have yeah. to change the stadium. Not the whole stadium. They just have to change. Because I'm pretty sure Indian Stadium has Indians right on the outside. It does. Which so isn't that they have to change that. They have to change all their uniforms, which is... Honestly, minor. You're talking about a multi-billion-dollar team, though. Yeah. Well, do but you guys even know how the Indians even got their name? How? Well, it was back in I think. Oh yeah, South Alexis. Yeah, it was. He was well, actually was, from Maine. He was a Native American ball player. Back in 1871, he was the and first. And he was the one that proposed the name. Really? He wanted an MVP or a Cy Young or something like that. He, Is that the one that they made the movie title? about? Yes. He was the cricket player. Yes. Yeah. He played. No, no, no. that's a different one. He played. Football and track, the Holy Cross. Yep. And then he switched to baseball. So, I don't care about the name change. It is what it is. And I don't mind the name Guardians. I actually think it's kind of a sick name. But I, I think hate, it, I think if they have, hate, like... hate their logo. I think yeah. it is horrible. Yeah. Like, off, like cheesy, like, Chinese-made video game that's, like, free on the App Store. You know what I'm saying? Like, awful. I mean, if you, if you look at... I guarantee if you look at, um, if you go on Google and you type, like, worst MLB logo or something like that, It'll Cle- be right Cleveland there. Indians is, like, bottom 10, I guarantee you. I Right up there with probably Baltimore Orioles, because people hate that, too, because it's just like a bird head. I like the old Baltimore logo, the one with the smiley face, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think if they... If they design these jerseys correctly, I think this could be really cool. Yeah, I mean, they're keeping the same color scheme and everything, which is fine. It's just the red and blue, but I just don't like the logo. Um, mm. But you know what? The name change, it is what it is. I know a lot of people are bitching and complaining about it, but at this di- at this point, it's 2021, and whether you agree with it or not, it's probably just time to get rid of any kind of mascot that could be seen as offensive, just because we're not in the business of trying to piss people off, and I right. get all that. It's just... Yeah, it is what it is. I'm not too worried about it. No. But I definitely think the Indian one didn't really get to me as much, but I understand people's gripes with the Redskins when they were still a thing because that can be kind of bad. On the flip side of the coin, though, you have the Chicago Blackhawks, 
who is one of the original six uh, NHL teams. They're never changing their name. They're never changing their name, but they don't want them to either because they do so much work, both charity-wise and just helping in general the Blackhawk tribe. And they do everything respectfully and do everything right. So, like, there's no reason right. to change that. So, some people aren't going to agree with me on this, and that's fine. You guys are all entitled to your own opinions, but I don't think that they should be changing the names. I mean, there's there's been so much politics around sports and around music and around really everything nowadays, and nothing's changed for a hundred years. Mm. Cleveland Indians have been the Indians. For the, the Redskins. Of seed, the yeah. Redskins have been the Redskins. Right. Since and the of the now you have. League. musicians changing their names as well like the Dixie Chicks they're yeah. now the Chicks because Dixie was um, offensive right and Lady Antebellum changed their name too yeah I mean it's kind of like okay it's going so, a little far huh I think it's going a little far it is going far because why hasn't this been brought up prior because it's 2021 that's why yes but it's and still it's now there's a difference between being entitled to an opinion and expecting what you want our lives are so loud. Like, I'm, I want a 2021 Lamborghini Aventador, but that doesn't mean I'm going to get it. But they they don't even really beg for what they want. They just expect it, which is... They we're act- living such lavish lifestyles now that people are running out of stuff to complain about. Right. They're trying to... They're trying... Um, I wouldn't Waldo, say... Waldo County. They're trying to change the name of that because Waldo, the guy that Waldo County is named after... He was a slave trader, so they're trying to ni- change the name of Waldo County. In the state of Maine, ninety-five percent of the towns are all Native American named. Right. Yeah. So what is going to come to the point of where all the towns in Maine are going to be changed now because it's offensive? the The reason why we have these names is because it's historic. I mean, they I, made it. They had them for a reason. They did something to leave a memory behind. Yeah. I mean, I get that, but at the same time, too, you have to keep in mind that it's okay to have Native American names, but when you name something after somebody who was a slave trader or that kind of stuff, it's almost like you're trying to glorify what they did. And I get that people agree with that or won't agree with that, whatever, but I do understand the line of thinking from that point. It's the same thing with, like, Confederate statues or, like, that whole conversation because you're going to get into it where, like, at what point is that line drawn between okay, we're honoring history, and we're honoring the person. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I understand that like town names are fine. Like, It's just named after the thing. Like, Skowhegan's always going to be Skowhegan. But having the Indian mascot might not be okay. Well, the reason Same why, thing with Columbus Day and but stuff But do you know like the that. reason why the Indians were called the Indians? Because the tribe in Skowhegan was so big, and it did so much for its town or the region that it was in, that they wanted to honor it. They're honoring... The historic, the historic part of it. Kind of like, so what you were saying with the Confederate flag, the Confederate war. Me speaking, you know, I, history and stuff, like, I never agreed with the Confederates because of what they believed in. I mean, yeah, And course. some people do, but the thing is is that it's going back onto the fact that they're fighting to keep slaves around. Yes, that's a big part of it, but now in 2021, it's still around a little bit, but we're kind of, people are taking advantage of it. In my opinion. I mean, if you're going to fly the flag, one, you're flying a loser's flag anyway. No, I'm not talking about and that. What do you mean, then? I'm talking about changing names, changing things that have been oh, around for so I long. thought you were talking about just, like, no, 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 okay, no, no, okay, no, no, Yeah, I mean, like, no, like, I get what you're saying. But at the same time, too, like I said, there's a, there's a fine line, and it's very easy to fall on either side of it, where you do have to... 
I am a strong believer that we have to learn from history or else we're doomed to repeat it. Like, that's just one of the things I've always been firm in. Like, I believe that 100%. And that's why I don't agree with, like, censorship of the First Amendment, any of that kind of stuff. But I also understand, too, that we have to be careful when putting up monuments or how we teach things about history, especially when it comes to divisive and dark times in our history. Because, let me put it this way. In the United States, you'll find Confederate statues and people flying Confederate flags, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Usually, but in the, but in the country of Germany, you're not going to find anybody flying a Nazi flag. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I understand it's two different situations, but it's the same idea. You're not going to, one, fly a loser flag, and two, you're not going to So what does that say about the United States? You're not going to glorify a group of people that wanted to enslave and kill another group of people. Like, yeah. That's just not okay. And I think that it, it, it is difficult about the United States, one, because... Our population is like three or four times the size of that of Germany, so you're going to have a lot more people with a lot of differing opinions. But you think about it, we're one of the most diverse countries. No, and I, get that. I was going to mention that diversity is huge in the U.S. That's why I mean, people come here. Yeah, like we're the melting pot of the world. They flee those third world countries to come here because we're diverse. Well, Germany's not really a third country. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. I mean, like, and I get what you're saying, and that's part of the reasons why you're going to have so many people with different ideals and ethical ways of living and like all that kind of stuff like there's part of what it makes america great is having all these people with different ideas and different cultures all mixing into one essentially creating the american dream or the illusion of it but at the same time i don't think that all of us in this room can agree that we don't want to glorify people being enslaved or people being killed just because of the color of their skin or what they believe in so why would anyone want to fly the Confederate flag? Like, I just think that's ignorant. I do as well, and that's mostly, predominantly, actually, in the southern states. Right, Which I understand. Like, I go to school down in Virginia. Like, yes. we have a Confederate statue on campus that everyone's trying to get removed, but it is what it is. And, like, I've talked to, like, townspeople that are from Salem that have obviously lived there the whole lives, that have seen the statue every day, and they're like, you know, the statue is modeled after a person that was an officer in the Confederate Army that was from Salem. So they wanted to, like, honor him, and he's buried in the town, but they're also, like, but he also fought for the Confederates that was trying to uphold slavery. That's the thing, like, he... So, did. like, you're trying to honor history by honoring the guy who was a, an officer, which is obviously, you know, a big thing in the military, and he was from that town, but you're also, honoring at the same time, beliefs. glorifying what he was fighting for. Yeah. And, that's, and that's the deal-breaker, is that people don't understand that, they're just focusing on the fact of what they believed in or what the people now believe in. I mean, I think that you have to keep in mind, too, that statues are cool and all, but we have museums for a reason. Right. And if you want to talk about stuff like, we have a Holocaust museum. Mm-hmm. Why can't we have a Civil War museum we where we can bring all of, exactly, where we can bring all of these statues to or make a, because you the, know. Because the towns have the right to put what they want. They have the right to, yes. Just like how everyone has the right to say whatever they want under the First Amendment. However, there's still repercussions for the actions. Exactly. It's right. just a matter of how far you take those actions. Right, exactly. I mean, it's it's all a fine line, but if you're going to push the, the envelope, then there's obviously going to be pushback. So the next thing that we wanted to talk about was basketball. Um, things that are dwindling down with the NBA right now, but they just had the NBA championship. The Bucks beat the Suns in six games. I'm pretty sure a couple episodes ago, I called the Bucks winning. I think you did too, if I remember right. Yes. You guys called the Suns winning. I called the Bucks winning. I for sure said Bucks. So, I'm okay with either team winning, and I was, 
I did want to see the Suns win a little bit more than the Bucks, I but I think, there's, I think there's cool storylines on either side. With the Suns, you had Devin Booker, who is incredible, an absolute walking bucket. And Chris Paul, who's <coughs> been in the league for like 15 years and hasn't won a chip yet. Chip, I wanted to see this, him win. If I, I might be incorrect, but I saw something that... He's never won one. I don't think it's that. I think this is his first time being in the playoffs. No, his first, first time, time in the, the finals. 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 He's been in the playoffs before yeah. because... That makes a lot more sense because I was like, there's no way you play 16 years and you're not in the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not in the playoffs. I mean, not being in the finals is okay, but not being in the playoffs period is obviously something a little different. But right. Especially in the 16 This was Chris Paul's first finals. Uh, unfortunately, they lost in six games. I would have liked to have seen him win, but I'm okay with the Bucks winning too. It's their first uh, NBA title in 50, over 50 years. 50, yeah, um, exactly. And that was before it was the NBA. So it's kind of cool. Well, um, that year that they won it last was when they had Oscar Robertson and Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Correct. Um, like I said, I'm okay with either side winning, but uh, I think it they does kind of. They both have young players that I would have liked to see win. Yeah, and I mean, like I'm a huge Giannis fan. I think that he's a great guy and a hell of a ball player. Um, he was also kind of cool after where. He talked a lot about loyalty to his team and staying with one team and wanting to win in Milwaukee, which is a small market team. He didn't sell out and go to L.A. He didn't sell out and come to Boston. He didn't sell out and go to Miami. He didn't form a super team like you see Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, you know, Brooklyn. You don't see you know them doing something like what LeBron did with L.A. or Cleveland or Miami. You know, it was he made it very clear that he was against super teams in the post-game interviews, and I think that was really cool because if you look at that Bucks roster, it's entirely built out of guys that they drafted or traded for or signed in free agency or without they, actually signing real superstar talent right, like the Brooklyn like the Nets, Nets did. Every every player on that Bucks team is a good player, but they're not top 10. Drew, Ho- Drew Holiday. I mean, Giannis won like, the MVP. Let's let's throw that out there. First, other, than, I mean. other than Giannis. Drew Holiday is a good point guard. But he's no Steph Curry. I mean, I he's think he's no one Damian of the most, Lillard. I think he's one of the most underrated point guards in the league, and it's yes. because he's a pure point guard. He's not a scorer like like you said, Steph or Dame. He's very much a traditional point guard. He reminds me a lot of like a John Stockton type of character, yes. where he gets a lot of assists, plays good defense, and it's yeah, kind of what I was it's kind of like old man's basketball. If you want to get into it, like it's more of something you would have seen like the eighties or the nineties, where he's dishing out assists, playing good defense, being a team leader. But there's another person on the team that's getting more of the glory. You know, yeah. He's doing the dirty work. He's getting in, playing defense. He's grinding. He's good but he's not flashy shooting 35-foot threes like Dame or Steph. Well, if you think about it, Allen Iverson was a point guard back in the day. He did both. I mean, Allen Iverson was the early 2000s, but AI was one of the first players to really, really be, it's all about me. I'm going to cross you up. I'm going to have that personality with the media where... He really I'm started gonna... the ankle breaker, the whole thing. But then I, I for sure think... Kyrie Irving and um, I can't remember his name, but he used to play for uh, the Detroit Pistons. He was super, not Isaiah Thomas, um, but those were the guys that. I mean, the two best really handles in the league right now is Kyrie Irving and Steph Curry. But I mean, the two best, best handles. Oh, absolutely! If you're gonna talk about dribblings, definitely those two hands down. The only other person that I can think is Jay Crossover, um, Jamal Crawford, who. Played in the league for years. He was a journeyman. He was sixth man of the year like four times or something stupid like that. Had an incredible crossover, but I still think AI's got the best crossover I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, he crossed Cro- Michael crossover. Jordan. Yeah, but in terms handles, of handles, handles wise, if we're I talking think handles, Kyrie's number one all time, honestly. 
I think he's Steph's good. up there. I think Steph takes. Steph it. is up there. I think Steph. I, I, if we're talking about handles, though, I would almost I would almost put Chris Paul up there for handles too. He's got some of those moves that when he pulls them out, it's just like that's unguardable. I mean, yeah, but at the same time too, like if you're really gonna talk about it, like you have a guy like AI who wasn't shooting thirty five foot threes like Stephen Dame. He was crossing guys up, going to the basket, spinning, laying it off the glass, offhand, getting mm-hmm. it in. Like that's an incredible handle to be able to break guys like that, right. and doing it against guys when they were actually playing defense. Because you yeah, have the video of him when the league was completely different. Like his rookie year, crossing up Michael Jordan, like the three or four time All NBA first team defense. Like at that time, how too. can you, how can you try to compare that? And granted. A guy like Kyrie or Steph might have more moves in their bag at their disposal, but when you're doing it against more quality defenders, I think I'm going to give him the leg up. Well, when you watch, so when you watch like a normal uh, point guard, I see them constantly like try to do a move and then step back if it doesn't work and then try to do another one. If you watch Kyrie Irving, it looks like he just puts six or seven different moves together so that if he does one and it doesn't work, he'll just go on to the next one. That's why he's so elite is because he doesn't have to step back to reset and get his handles back. Yeah, I mean, I just struggle with Kyrie too. Obviously, I'm a Boston Celtics fan, so pretty much everybody hates Kyrie. I mean, he's an absolute head case, not a good teammate, and basically ruined the Celtics team Mm -hmm. for a little while there. So I just find it really hard to give him any kind of credit for anything. I will say that he is an incredible ball player and that he does have a good handle, but I just I struggle to put him up there with anything really. I don't even think he's top ten in the league right now if we're being completely honest. Um, one for is, handles, is that I mean handles, thing? yeah, he's up there. But I'm talking like all around players in the league. I don't think he's top ten right now. Mm. Um, he can't stay on the court. He's not a good teammate, and obviously didn't really play all that well down the stretch this year. I mean, if you're gonna try to compare him to guys like. LeBron, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, uh, I mean, Giannis. There's so many of these guys that are on the court for the whole season that play well, or for the most part. I mean, injuries happen to everybody. Don't get me wrong. Like, AD got hurt this year. LeBron got hurt. Whatever. It happens. Giannis got hurt. Yeah, exactly. Like, everybody gets hurt. But, like, when Kyrie's taking time off just because he feels like it, I mean, I just find it really hard to give him any kind of credit Support for anything. Him. Yeah. <sighs> but, all right. Um, Hunt, next talk more what hockey. would you like to talk about hockey? There's plenty going on, honestly, to talk about. So, Well, actually, I mean, I know that we were just talking about super teams real quick, and I kind of just wanted to go on this real quick. I know this is going to be kind of talked about a little bit later, but, um, you know, you guys are talking about super teams and stuff, and, you know, usually the Olympics are some of the best of the best people in the world at mm-hmm. their sport and what they do. Mm-hmm. And right now, the U.S. basketball team, well... They're not doing so well. So it's kind of it kind of goes the same way. You're having a team of superstars or a team of people that are the best at their job still losing, and then you have the Bucks or the Suns who have like one or two people who are well known in the league, and then you kind of have other people to try to fill in and play their roles. And it's kind of like the same thing in every sport. You find these teams like look at Vegas when they entered in. The Knights when they entered in the league for hockey. They're a bunch of nobodies on that team. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals the first year. I mean, here's what I'm going to say to that. It's You're really trying to compare apples to oranges right now for the simple reason that when you're playing in a tournament like 
the FIBA basketball championships, the Olympics, all these other tournaments. It's a different set of rules they play by. They're not NBA officials, so they're calling travels. They're allowing hand checks to happen. They're allowing a lot of other stuff to happen. It's a more physical ball game, which the NBA players aren't typically used to. Whereas you have guys like Luka Doncic, Dirk Nowitzki back in the day, all the guys that used to play in Europe are used to those rules. The U.S. by itself has its own set of rules for basketball. And especially in the NBA, the officials are the NBA officials. I'll just word it that way. Um, At the world stage, though, the officiating is a lot different. The rule sets are different. And it does definitely help the other countries. In years past, when they've had guys like LeBron, Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, Kobe Bryant, all those guys on the same team, that's just too much firepower to stop them. Um, And typically what will happen, too, at the world stage is a lot of the foreign countries wind up playing a zone defense against the U.S. so they can't get to the rim. Um, And they have to shoot threes or deep twos. Which is fine. Which you think would work for this team. Which is fine if they're making the shots. But I'm a big believer that you live by the three, you die by the three. You're going to win games if you shoot threes. It's going to happen. You need to look at Golden State. But if you have games where you're cold, you're not winning those ball games. Right. And you have to play defense. Because those foreign countries, they can all play basketball. Right. They're not bad. You look at these teams like Spain always had a good team with the Gasol brothers. You have France, who has Evan Fournier, who just dropped 28 Rudy points Gobert. or something like that. Rudy Gobert. You've got all these other teams that have these stars that can play. And they play defense. Going against those NBA guys that aren't usually used to that defense and this different set of rules, I can kind of understand it a little bit, but it's still the U.S. We should be dominating basketball. And we should be dominating a lot of sports right now that we aren't, but we'll talk about that a little bit more later. What else do you have on hockey, Hunt? Well, we haven't even dived in on hockey yet. So Let's get um, into it. So, we have had the NHL draft that just happened. We've had the expansion draft. You know, we have free agency going on. I know this is something that's going to make you really happy because I know we had talked about this a lot when the season ended. The Bruins just had Taylor Hall to a four-year, $6 million. Mm-hmm. So he's back. He's I'm excited for that for sure. Um, it's actually the first time in Angel history where all three brothers have gotten drafted in the first round, the Hughes. You have Quinn Hughes, who played at the University of Michigan, got drafted seventh overall by Vancouver. You I guess have- he's kind of okay at the hockey thing, huh? You have Jack Hughes, who got drafted first overall from NTDP, which, if you guys don't know, that's the National Team Development Program. And then you have Jack Hughes, who's the youngest, who just turned, he's still 17, he hasn't even turned 18 yet, mm-hmm. got drafted for, uh, fourth overall by the Devils. So now the Devils have Jack and Luke. Is it, was it first round all this year? No. Okay. No, it's still the first rounds. Okay, yeah. Um,. I almost, I almost thought, like, the Ball brothers in basketball were there, but Geo still hasn't been. Uh, actually, the um, Hornets just announced that they're signing him to the Summer League team, and they could potentially yeah, be good. signing him to their roster. Because right so now... So then it'll be LaMelo and... But and, that's still not drafted first round. Right, right, right. But you still have them all in the league. But it's kind of cool because they are trying to recruit uh, Lonzo right now because he's a free agent next year. So get all three of the Ball brothers there? Exactly. Well, yeah. Charlotte would be hopping for sure. Well, the, be- like the best Charlotte. one out of all of them is LaMelo in my opinion. I mean, yeah. Geo I mean, has always been garbage no matter what video. I don't think Jello is that bad to be honest no, with you. Yeah, Jello. He, uh... Plays a different position than the other two, obviously. Lonzo's a pure point guard, plays good defense, and can dish the ball like crazy. And then you have, obviously, LaMelo, who can just shoot the lights out and do whatever he wants. Uh-huh. Leandro's a lot more... He plays more of a 
three or a four, which is a small forward or power forward. Um, he's not as flashy as those other two brothers, but he can still hold his own against NBA talent. But he's certainly the worst out of the three. I can see he's getting pissed off at us, so... No, 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 that's fine. I was just like... hockey. I wasn't... Okay. We'll just okay. cut that part out. We don't need that in there. No, I was... This is... So this is a very controversial topic with the NHL. So... The NHL has just announced that a, a New York... A Nashville Predators prospect has now become the first openly gay person in the NHL, which is honestly a big step. Who's that? That is Luke Prokop. Prokop. You know, I think that is good, to be honest with you. I think it is. I've said the same thing when the... His name's escaped me, but he plays for the Raiders. Nassib. Carl Nassib, thank you. Um, Just came out as gay. And I know that a lot of people sit there and say, what's the big deal? You play football. Why does it matter who you want to have sex with? But you have to keep in mind that these people have been mocked, ridiculed, made fun of for decades. Mm-hmm. And for somebody as powerful as a professional athlete to be able to come out and say, I'm a homosexual, and I'm proud of it, and I'm also a professional athlete, is huge. I mean, you have these athletes like Megan Rapino, for example, who, lover or hater, uses her platform as a professional athlete to be able to speak on LGBTQ rights. Sue Bird, too. Sue Bird... Exactly, same idea. I mean, they use their platform in a positive way to be able to shed light and to bring awareness to LGBTQ issues, and I think that's huge. And it, it, I feel like in today's society, women are obviously, and it's talked about a lot, able to talk about their feelings more and what they think, and that's very much supported. And men, and it always has been this way, aren't supposed to talk about their feelings, are supposed to be uber-masculine, this and that. So for an NFL player to be able to do that is huge. And now for a hockey player to be able to do the same thing, it's going to encourage other people to say, all right, we're finally at a point where people can come out of the closet, come out as gay, and have it not be a big deal, and actually be able to play hockey and be a regular player and be gay at the same time. Because just because if someone wants to have sex with a man as a man, it shouldn't be any kind of deterrent as to them playing hockey or football. It shouldn't be. Right. Unfortunately, where we're at in society, it is at the moment. And for them to be able to do that, I think it is huge and important and monumental. Well, if you think about it, 50 years ago, I mean, they really... They were called swingers back in the day. Because they really didn't care if you were male or female. They just did whatever they wanted. But now, as time's gone on, it's kind of been like... Going back to, you know... um, You know, like, people changing names or anything like that. There's two separate sides now. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's the same way with everything nowadays. I mean, I just think our country is very divided it all is. the time right now. And it's kind of sad to see, but I'm a huge believer that I don't want to get religious with anything, but I do believe that God loves all of his children. And I think that it really doesn't matter who you want to be with because God loves us all and made us who all who he wants us to be. So if you're going to try and use the Bible argument, I mean, I'm going to bring that back at you mm-hmm. and love your neighbor and all that good stuff. And like I said a few minutes ago, it shouldn't matter if you're gay, if you're an athlete. It shouldn't matter if you're gay, period. You are who you are. It shouldn't affect you as a person. It shouldn't. What should affect you the most is how you play. Exactly. I and mean, how you, treat your, granted, how you treat others and treat yourself. If you're a piece of shit human being, you're a piece of shit human being, whether you're gay or straight or whatever else you might be. If you're an athlete and you want to use your platform to talk about whatever you want to talk about, by all means, go for it. It doesn't mean that everyone's going to agree with you or appreciate it, but I do think that it is good that people use their platforms. Yep, I agree. 
Um, so I don't know if you guys have noticed or not. Um, you know, the free agency has opened up. You know, a lot of trades happening right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of trades happening for the draft. But there's only a couple I'm going to kind of talk about because okay. they're a lot of like, other people, you know, they really don't matter as much. But um, Duncan Keith, he's been a top two defenseman for the Chicago Blackhawks for the past 10 years. Played them for two cups. Played great against the Bruins in the finals. Back in 2013? Yep. I would have liked to have seen him in a Bruins uniform, to be completely honest with you. I, too, I think he would have been a great pairing with Charlie McAvoy. I think right now, though, he is past his time. I mean, yeah, like you could say the same thing with Chara, though, but I think that you can't teach experience. Yeah, and I think exactly. that being able to bring in a veteran, leadership. Exactly. I mean, yeah. like a veteran presence like that in a locker room is huge anyway, and he plays a more physical game, which is what the Bruins need. I think that it would have been great to pair along McAvoy so that McAvoy starts to turn into that player eventually. Yeah. So he signed, well, he got traded to the Oilers. Right. And then we have Nick Letty, who was the defenseman from the Islanders. He's now going to the Red Wings. Yep. Which he actually played a huge role in the Islanders playoff run this past year. Mm-hmm. You have um oh yeah, so an old first round pick, Noel Patrick, who went to the Flyers, he has had injuries on injuries on injuries. So he's never really got to show what kind of caliber player he is. Mm-hmm. He actually just got traded through a deal to the Golden Knights, which honestly is a big part that they need. They need depth. A lot of depth. Right. And if he can play up to any kind of what his potential should have been, that'll be a great pickup for them. Yeah. And then you have... This one really surprises me here. Because the Red Wings had gotten uh, Alex Nedeljovic. I think we kind of talked about it a little earlier in the podcast a couple weeks ago about Rookies of the Year. And he was up there. Yep. And they traded him for Jonathan Bernier. It was way past his time. Why do you think they do that? So, in my opinion, the Red Wings had... I mean, not the Red Wings. The Hurricanes were probably trying to clear up cap space. And they already have four goalies in the system. Ooh, why? Because that's the same way the Bruins have four goalies in the system as well. Yeah. But the thing is, is that they're trying to build a superstar team. And they want to... Go heavy in this offseason, so they're going to try to find a veteran goaltender to lead them to a championship. And they're also trying to bring back Dougie Hamilton, who is roughly probably going to want around $8 million a year because he's worth it. Yeah, I know. I used to love when he played for the Bruins. But Dougie Hamilton never played for the Bruins. Dougie Hamilton? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about a different person. My I was going to say because Vegas took him and then Vegas yeah, traded him at Carolina. I, I was like, geez, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, Come on, I don't know. Sorry, you know, too many, I've had like seven concussions. Mr. Hockey guy over here. Um, Cal McCarr <laughs> just signed a $54 million contract. Holy, that's huge for NHL. Nine, How much? Nine mil AAV over six years. That's massive for NHL. That is really massive. I mean, you have the NFL and the NBA where they have multi-hundred million dollar contracts. Like Patrick Mahomes just signed like a... 14-year, $540 million contract, something stupid like that. Um, but NHL, you never, ever see that. I mean, the biggest contract in the NHL right now is McDavid, right? And he makes like $13 million a year. McDavid like, is. It used to be Patrick Kane. Right. I mean, to have a contract that big is unheard of in the NHL, and that's huge. I mean, a lot of that's done through collective bargaining through the players' unions. Um, the NHL hasn't done as good of a job as the NBA obviously, and the MLB in terms of being able to bring revenue to the sport. 
So to start getting contracts that big is huge for them. Um, another thing as well is, so the Krakens just had their expansion draft. And if I'm being completely honest, they kind of messed up. I was shocked. Of the people that they took. But yeah. the thing is, is that they took all these people who are no one, really no one, and they have such a low cap space right now, they're going to hit free agency hard. Oh, absolutely. I was just shocked that they didn't take Carey Price 1. Okay, first off with that, Carey Price is a great goaltender, but he's injury prone. Yeah, and they're not going to take on his $10.5 million contract when he's prone to injuries. I mean, I get that, but at the same time, too, I'm a big believer that in any kind of draft, you take the best player on the board. And for them, that was absolutely Carey Price. Quick question. I'm also shocked they didn't take Tarasenko, either. Did they take any big names? Yeah, they took Jordan Eberle. They took the kid from the Lightning, too. Yanni... Uh, What's his name? Yanni Gould? Gould? Yanni Gould. They also took Hayden Fleury. Uh, Mark Giordano, who used to be the captain for... Um, the Calgary Flames. They took Curtis Lazan from the Bruins. Um, so one of the one person I know, Joey Decord, he played at Arizona State University. His family owned Stop at Goaltending down in Massachusetts. I've trained with them before. Oh, really? Okay. And he got he got drafted to Ottawa, played in Ottawa right out of college, and now he's going to Seattle. Stop at Goaltending. Is that where Carson Berkwin trains? Yes. Shout out Carson. Love you, buddy. Um, and then one of my buddies that I used to play hockey with down in New Hampshire my sophomore year, he was two years younger than me, just got drafted by the Minnesota Wild in the seventh round. He's, uh, Nate Bonoy. Um, he is six foot one. He's going, he committed to the University of North Dakota. He's going to be playing in the USHL this year, which is huge for him. Um, I just want to give a shout out to him. And there's really, that, that's really about it right now for hockey because free agency really hasn't hit yet. And there's going to be a lot of big names going on. Like you have Grubauer, who is a top five goaltender in my opinion, from Colorado. He needs a contract. Landeskog needs a contract. Um, Ovechkin needs a contract. You know, there's so many people going on right now that we really don't really know what's going to happen until free agency really just starts opening up more. So I think my one question for you is this: Do you think the Bruins retain David Krejci in free agency? So. If they do, it'll probably be small. So I know I know you're not a big fan of Krejci. I'm not. But Krejci has produced a lot for the Bruins. He has leadership for them. He holds a captaincy spot. He is leader on and off the ice. He is getting up there in age, and he hasn't been performing that well. But he is willing to sign again for less money. He's a good second-line def- uh, center. But the thing is, we need to move him down to the third line. He needs to train more of the young guns that we have on the team. Get more depth, and we'll be fine. I mean, I'm just worried because I feel like the Bruins' core, which you have like Pasternak, you have Bergeron, you have Marshawn, obviously too good in that. Like, none of them are getting any younger. And I think that Krejci's the first domino that needs to fall if they're going to start to get to get the honor and stay. I'm being per- honest, I feel as though Tuka needs to be the first one to go. Oh, I mean, yes. But I think that in the immediate, I think Krejci will be the first one to go. And I think that after that, the dominoes will start to fall where they get younger and still need to stay competitive. I mean, they need to have an exit plan, obviously, to figure out what they're going to do, who they draft in the upcoming years, free agency, the whole nine yards. But I do think that getting rid of David Krejci is a good first step to being able to stay relevant and stay competitive in today's NHL. It's such I think a... Tube's going to go first. 
Dude, Tuca's signing back. But the thing is, he's going to have history. He's going to be up till February. They're going to... But the thing is, they're not, even, they're not even looking at Swayman to be the starter. They're looking at Vladar to be the starter. Which is weird to me, because you'd think that they would have called up Vladar this year when they needed a goalie instead of Swayman. Swayman came in and played great. You'd think that he would be on the fast track to being the starter. But the thing is, they're going to go with someone who has more experience, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I get it to a point, but at the same time, too, like, if you can come out and show that you can play at a high level in that position, why wouldn't you stick with it? You know what I'm saying? Like, What team did they have Swayman in against? He played, what, like 15 teams. games this year? What teams? Like, like, I would know this off the top of my head. I know he played against Buffalo a few times. I know he played in the playoffs. Um, who else did he play against? He played against a few teams, but... I mean, you, you, you're asking a question to the dark, Aideen. I mean... You usually know this type of stuff, so I figured I'd ask. I'm blaming my concussions. That's all I gotta say there. Fair enough. But no, I think this upcoming season is gonna be very different. You're bringing in another team. The thing is, though, is I feel as though they're gonna bring back older teams. Like, they're gonna bring back the Quebec Nordiques. Which Didn't I think was, would be awesome. I Quebec wanted so. a Didn't team for Boston a long just time. sign a new feeder team, too? Boston? Or am I thinking of a different sport? Yeah, Boston. They signed the Mariners. Yeah, they signed the Mariners. That was this year? Yeah, which is yeah. the now ECHL team. Of them, okay. So I'm trying to figure out what they got what what team did they have before? It was I don't know because I know they used to be the Portland Pirates were the AHL team, right? Of the Arizona Coyotes, yeah. And now they're now an ECHL team. But that's really about it for hockey. I mean, right now there's not much. It's going to be coming on more and more as weeks go on, months go on, and the upcoming season comes, and you're going to get draft picks starting camps, you're going to get rosters started, you're going to get predictions, you're going to get cap problems, You're going to, there's going to be all kinds of stuff coming up. But I think it should definitely be a good offseason for the NHL, for sure. Yeah, all these all these guys who have been locked up with teams for so many years that are waiting to get out, like Tarasenko, Ovechkin... Landis Gog and McCann, all of these players of the top caliber are going to be getting some contracts or some offers by a lot of teams, like Jack Eichel. Yeah. BU grad. Kid's awesome. I love, love watching him play. I love seeing him be his jersey. He was drafted second overall behind McDavid, right? Yep. That's what I thought. All right, so our next topic we're going to talk about, you might get a little heated in here. We'll see what happens, so make sure you guys stick around for this one. Uh, the Olympics happening right now in Tokyo. Um which I love the Olympics. It's one of the things I look forward to every two years. I watch indoor and or summer and winter, excuse me. Um, but this has been a really weird Olympics. Uh, one, because there's no fans in the stands because of COVID. And the other one is that the U.S. has not been performing up to their standards. Uh, the men's basketball team, like we mentioned earlier, uh, just had their first loss since 2004. Uh, they lost to France by like eight points or something like that. Um the gymnastics team didn't do all that well day one. Um, and obviously women's soccer took a huge loss as well. Their first loss in 44 games was to Sweden. Um, yeah, the gymnastics... Like, Simone Biles... She's so powerful, bro. Yeah, but she she got knocked out of the, uh, the bar. Yeah. She, not, not the... 
not the handbars, but like the the balance beam. Yeah. She got knocked out of that because she messed up one of her stunts. So now she's yeah. not competing in that, which is one of her best. But her floor. I mean, is Simone Biles the best. is the best gymnast of all time, yeah. hands down, and anyone will tell you about that. Um, but I do think that it is really crazy to see the U.S. not performing. I mean, this is the first time in decades that they didn't get a medal on day one of the Olympics, which I think is nuts. Uh, they did. They didn't get one day one. I got a couple... Um, they didn't podium at all. Really? I got a couple notifications that they got gold medals. Not on day one. Must have been day two. Because oh. I know that an 18-year-old won in judo yesterday or today, which was kind of cool. She got gold. Um, I know there's a few other ones, too, and, like, more. I don't want to say random because it's an Olympic event, but and ones know, that people don't pay as close of attention to. We know that um, the 4 by one featuring Alice and Felix is going to be, they're going to gold because they're nuts every single year. I mean, I think they'll have a very respectable showing. I don't know if they'll necessarily win gold. I think that they would have been better if Sha'Carri Richardson was running with them. But that's another Does topic. Does she run the 4 by one Yes. Oh, okay. Um, as weird as the Olympics have been, I think that obviously the topic that everyone's waiting for us to touch on is going to be the women's soccer team. Um... U.S. women's soccer is an absolute powerhouse juggernaut year in and year out, and they have been for close to two decades now, going back to Mia Hamm and all those people back in the day. Um, they lost their first game against Sweden 3-0, um, and it was their first loss in 44 games, which doesn't sound like it's anything overly nuts, but in terms of soccer, that's absolutely crazy. Um and honestly, I think that there's a lot of drama about it. One, because the U.S. women's soccer team has been very, very outspoken um, on a few different stances. One of them, they kneel for the national anthem, which is obviously very divisive in our country right now. They've been incredibly outspoken again about how they get paid compared to the men's team. Um, and they obviously have a couple of polarizing figures, Megan Rapinoe being one of them. She's the captain. Uh, she plays, I believe, midfield. Um, short hair. She usually has it dyed some kind of wacky color. Um, one of the best players in the world, though. I will add that in there. Um, a lot of people, especially on Facebook and Twitter, are saying, you know, I'm glad they lost because they're kneeling for the anthem and blah, blah, blah. Which, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Um, I don't necessarily feel that way. I think that as professional athletes, because that is exactly what they are, they have their platform and they're allowed to choose to use it however they choose. Um, I don't know how respectful that is to do it at the Olympics when you're actually representing our entire country as a whole. But thankfully in the United States, we have the First Amendment where you have the ability to speak up for yourself however you choose. Granted, that doesn't mean that people have to like it. Um, I personally hope that, and I hope that every U.S. sport wins gold in everything they do, I hope the women's soccer team does win. I am rooting for them, regardless of whether or not I agree with their politics. Um, but I don't want to hear what you guys think. I so, think, um, like, you get paid... You're, you're getting paid to be a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. So that is officially your job. And when you go to work, you're expected to leave baggage, such as personal views, at the door. So I don't think you should be kneeling for the anthem personally, especially if you're representing your country. I mean, I get. I, that. I understand, like you're entitled to your beliefs, and I, I'm not saying like stop believing because because I disagree. 
you're allowed to believe what you want to believe in. But when you're getting paid for it, I think it's very inappropriate. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I will also say that protesting the national anthem isn't something new. It's not no. something new in the last three years. It's not something new in the last 10 years. It's not something new in the last 20 years. Yeah. I mean, going back to the 1960s during the civil rights movement, you had Olympic athletes, specifically African-American ones, holding up a fist on the podium in solidarity. I mean, it's been one thing after another. The burning of the American flag um, is another thing that comes to mind just off the top of my head. Um, it's not something new, but I do think that I understand what you're saying, where they are getting paid. It's their job to do it, essentially. And I hate this phrase, but shut up and play. Yeah. Um, like I said the other day, shut up and do your job. Right, and I think that... Do. As Just because I don't... So, granted, I'm not being paid multi-million dollars to go work on church steeples, but I don't show up and just the first thing I do is open my mouth about what I think is shitty that somebody did or what I think is wrong for politics or anything like that. But that's because, A, I don't have as big of a voice as they do, but B, I just... I think it's wrong. And I mean, like, you're entitled to your own opinion, absolutely. But I do think that your voice that you have, we have this podcast, which we have roughly, what, 30 monthly listeners, typically, which isn't that bad for a podcast that's just starting out. We appreciate all you guys and love you. Thank you for supporting us. But we're not professional athletes that have millions of Instagram followers and the eyes of ESPN on us and all that kind of stuff. And they have the ability to speak their minds and talk about topics and educate people, millions and millions of people at a time. And I think that today's world is so connected and we can talk to people and reach out to people. And these athletes are glorified in our culture in the United States and even outside of the United States. I mean, if you go anywhere in the world and mention the name LeBron James or Michael Jordan or Tom Brady, they're going to know who they are. And those people have opinions that carry weight. So if they can go out and say Black Lives Matter or LGBTQ rights are absolutely important, everyone's entitled to be equal and all that kind of stuff, they can do that. And I think that that can be a positive thing. Now, like I said, though, you don't have to agree with them. Yeah. You don't have to agree with them. I don't have to agree with them. But I do think that with the First Amendment and the platform that they have, it's okay for them to use it. On the worldwide stage, though, it's they're outside the U.S. Like, they're in Tokyo right now. Right. So the First Amendment doesn't even apply to them, technically, because of the fact that they're in Tokyo. So I'm going to say this, and you guys are probably not going to agree with me, and that's fine. You guys are entitled to your guys' own opinions. But to me, what the flag means to me is you're standing up for justice, freedom, and equality, which, in my opinion, the past... 20 years or so, the U.S. has not stood for that. So now, all of this coming up, you know, you have the BLM movement, you have the LGBTQ community coming up and everything like that. People are taking advantage of it and using it to that, but they're also trying to voice their opinions on it. That's why when they kneel, they're kneeling to get their point across that the U.S. isn't standing for what it's supposed to be. And... Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but when the BLM movement was happening, and you know you have football players kneeling, you have soccer players kneeling, you have basketball players kneeling, 
Baseball did it too. Baseball did it too. Hockey did it as well. And hockey doesn't have that many African American yeah. ho- hockey players in the league. There's maybe ten that you can count on. I mean, was, your off the top of my head, I've got PK Subban and Evander Kane. Yeah. So exactly. And, and I can't really Subban's, think of anybody no, else. It's a prominent white oh, Subban's Subban. brother. Yes. There's one for the Phillies. Winston's. It's yeah, a, it's a prominently white sport. But the thing is, is that. No matter what your race is or what you believe in, everyone's coming together because they're trying to get their point across that the U.S. stands for something. Bring that back. Because right now, it it's not what it's supposed to be. I mean, we And talked, that's just my own opinion. We talked I mean, earlier that the U.S. is supposed to be the melting pot of the world. The American dream is supposed to be that anybody from anywhere, no matter how well off or how poor you can be... <coughs> excuse me how poor you are, you can come here and be successful and build a life for yourself. And I shouldn't, I don't think that the color of your skin, what you choose to believe, who you choose to pray to, who you want to have sex with, whatever that may be, should hold you back. If and, you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. If you're rude, I'll be rude. I mean, I get that too, but let me ask you this. Kneeling for the national anthem, what does it do? You Aside from the symbolic part of quote-unquote disrespecting the flag, what does it do? You gotta remember the amount of people who have sacrificed their lives for this country as well. And I agree that's with what you. the flag stands for. Yes. There's it, millions of people. I mean, I think it, that it the does. flag stands for the ideals that America's supposed to stand for. Like Hunter said. The current justice, population. liberty, and freedom for all. Yeah. However, I don't think that we have that right now. I think that people of color and people in the LGBT community are discriminated against. They I are. Feel, I feel like it's worse off than people think it really is. So you're you're a your views are Republican, correct? You're yeah. a, you're a conservative. Yeah. So you are going to side with Republicans who are mostly mi- like who believe in the military, and I mean I believe in the military as well, and I yeah. you know thank everyone that I see who served and everything because they're fighting for what we believe in. Well, but what we're believing in right now isn't what the United States stands for. Yeah, no, I know. And that's I'm just saying I don't think it's as bad as people claim it is. The thing is, though, is that if you look at the timeline of it, it's getting predominantly worse and worse and worse as time is goes it? on. Here's what I'm going to say. Slaves anymore. Here's what I'm going to say. I know, but okay. the thing is, is that think about that. People are walking down the street and they see a black person or an African American person. What's the first thing that goes through their mind? In today's society, what do you think the first thing that goes through their mind is? As in, just like genuinely, mm-hmm. as in anyone. Mm-hmm. They probably think, oh shit. But, devil's advocate here, a person of color sees a white person. What do you think goes through their mind? Okay, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, a fair that, point, that, is very, that is very true, but you think about it of Asians. I mean, I'm trying to think of other than this. Let me throw this out there for you. What you just tried to bring to the point is we don't have slaves anymore. You're yeah. right. Black people can vote. They can do a lot of things now. We just had a black president for eight years. Exactly. Mm-hmm. However, hear me out. Yes, things have gotten better for people of color in our country. Mm-hmm. They're allowed to vote. They are first-class citizens now. They can do all this stuff. But think about still, the struggles that they still, had. Hold on. You still look out the window when you're driving down the street and you see a black person and you say, "Holy shit, it's a black person." We live in the state of Maine, where we're one of the whitest states in the country. Yeah. I won't be ashamed to say that if I see black people I don't recognize in town, I notice because. We just don't have that kind of exposure. Yeah, we don't have a lot. We of don't ha- understand what people coming. in inner cities go through. We don't get it. 
We just don't because we don't have that here. Yeah. We don't even have a huge LGBTQ community in the area. Yeah. We're in central Maine. We're not in Portland, which is obviously a metropolitan area. It's a city and all that kind of stuff where you're going to get a lot more different people. We live Portland's in, a hot spot for Maine. We live in central Maine. We're very rural. And you have to keep in mind that even though things have gotten better for people of color, it's still not equal. I because mean, you can still look at it and say that there's stereotypes about people. It's not the same if they fall under a different set of rules, and that's not okay. Everybody should be equal in America. Mm-hmm. We are what the rest of the world looks to as a beacon of hope for what things could be, and right now we're not living up to our own standards. Okay. And I think that that shouldn't be a controversial statement. So, here's one thing real quick. Yes, go. So, coming from someone who has traveled around the country, seen different cultures, seen different, you know, things of cities and the way people live and people are treated, I'm not ashamed to say that I was living in Utah. It's a probably white state. Mm-hmm. I was, my brother and I were driving on the interstate and we got passed by a Hispanic person with M13 tattooed on his neck. Oh, I got scared. I mean, because yeah, that's like, just a stereotype that I've learned about that what they stand for and what they do. I mean, if you're going to talk about gang violence, so, I mean, I'd be scared regardless. If that's what I'm saying. Anyone no, in a gang, regardless of color. Well, or what the thing is, though, yeah. is that you don't even know if they're in a gang or not. You're just judging them based on what they have on their body or what they look like. You know what I mean? Because I, mean, I don't know who they are. They could be just doing it to have on their body. It could be fake. It could be real. It could be whatever. You know what I mean, though? I mean, it's great, a you don't really get thing. gang tattoos without being in a gang. That's I don't know. I was going to get BC, yeah, but BCB gang? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that for sure. But, but do you have, you're entitled to your opinion, which, which you believe is right. Yeah. Cam and I and Duncan are all entitled to our own. I personally believe what I told you earlier, that what the flag stands for and why they're doing that. Cam said his. I want to hear Duncan's. Okay. So I agree with everybody in this room on certain things. I agree with Dean that in my it's bad for black people in this country. But this country I personally feel like there is no privilege I don't think there's any white privilege or anything like that because as soon as you're born into this country, as soon as you move here, you are privileged. This is one of the only countries, there's more, but this is one of the only countries that you're allowed to be gay and not be killed like in China or something like that. This is one of, this is a country that you can basically do whatever you want, granted, it can't be illegal or anything Within like reason. that. And, I mean, you can spread the word about the Bible. You can talk about Jesus and not get killed. You can do all that stuff and not get killed for it. But then you go on the biggest stage in the world, being the Olympics, and you make it look like the United States is worse than it is. Because they just played Mexico the other day, right? Mexico stood and did everything that they're supposed to do for both, um, not pledges, anthems. 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 America did what they were supposed to do for the Mexico one and then turned their back to the person that was singing for the American National Anthem. 
I feel like that's bullshit. Because if you want to make the world better, if you want to make the United States better, and you want this country to become great again, and you want equality, and you want all this stuff... It creates divide. You do not have unity with divide. Especially if you're taking your stage that you have, which is huge, and making a huge deal about it, and... I don't know. I just feel like... I feel like it's for attention, which is good, I guess, because if I wanted attention for some big thing that I was trying to start, like BLM or whatever, I would want to get as much attention too. So doing that on the stage is good for them, but I feel like it's bullshit. And you're totally entitled to that as well, but with me... They respected what Mexico believes in. Right. And then they disrespected our country. They're not disrespecting our country, Dean. They're standing up for what they believe is right, which is their own opinion, their own belief. They're using their platform that they have to be able to show that there's injustices in our country that they want to be fixed. And they're showing like it said, to the world. We want the U.S. to be great. And I'm not making it a political suit by saying I want to make America great again. Yeah. Because I have different feelings about Trump that I'm not going to talk about on here. But I do want to see America be the greatest country in the world. And in order for that to happen, we want to make our country and our world as close to a utopia as we can. Which I know is unrealistic and is never going to happen because of human nature. However, I don't think it's too much to ask for people born in the United States, which is an absolute privilege as it is. Because like Duncan said, we're not going to get killed for speaking out or having different points of view than our government. But I don't think that it should be controversial to say that everyone should be equal and have the same opportunities, regardless of skin color or whatever they believe in. And my other thing I'm going to point to you is this. Would you rather them take a knee or turn their backs or whatever that may be? Or would you rather see them burning flags and rioting? Because for me, I would love to see them take a knee and just keep it peaceful and respectful like they've been doing. I am a huge patriot. I love this country. I support our military. I thank people, I shake veterans' hands because I think what they're doing, they're taking the opportunity to make the ultimate sacrifice in paying for this country with their own lives. Because the soldiers that are overseas right now and at home are paying for our freedom by keeping us safe and making sure that we stay with the values that we want to uphold and are trying to spread those to the rest of the world, which I think is a great thing. However, what these athletes are doing by taking a knee or turning their backs isn't about the troops or even anybody that's ever served for our country. It is simply about saying and trying to bring attention to the fact that we have injustices in our country. No matter how great our country is at a lot of things, including things getting better over time, where people can go to the same school, there's no segregation anymore, all that kind of stuff. There's still issues that need to be addressed, and that's what they're trying to bring attention to. Whether that's divisive or not is besides the point, because... I don't know about you, but if I don't talk about something, it doesn't just go away. It's still going to be there. And it does need to be addressed, and it does need to be talked about in order for it to get fixed. And we do need to be able to figure out that our country is very divided at this point because of our media, because of the people in power right now in Washington, on both sides of the aisle. And I think that in order for us to be able to heal and come together as a country, we need to be able to respect one another and try to look at things from other people's points of view and put ourselves into their shoes. Which is obviously tough for the four of us in this room because, like I said, we are from central Maine where it is predominantly white. I can count the number of people of color I graduated with on one hand. And 
Jack just, shit happens here. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's tough for us to do that, but I don't think it's crazy to say that you can look at what's going on in our country and say something is very, very wrong, even though we're better than a lot of countries. And I say better in terms of human rights and what we can do in our country. We're better than a lot of other countries. Yeah. However, it doesn't mean that there isn't room for improvement. And I do My, think that there needs to be a healthy dialogue in order to help us heal and get better. I only argue that because, like, if you look at the music industry, the movie industry, like, all of Hollywood, Washington now, we have a lot of people of color dominating the charts, dominating, um, like, musical charts, movies, actors, and in these positions of power on these high-level platforms, even Congress in, the, in Washington now has a lot of people of color on the board, too, mm -hmm. in the House and the Senate. Which I think is an absolutely positive thing, because if we do want to be known as the melting pot of the world, and be known as a place where people can come, no matter what they look like, what they believe in, who they want to have sex with, for it to be a safe place for them where they can be successful, I think that they do need people of color, people in the LGBTQ community, people with different points of view other than the stereotypical straight old white guy in power. I think that's incredibly important, because I'll guarantee you that, even in this room, the four of us have totally different views on a lot of different things. If you take somebody from New Mexico, they're going to have totally different views than all of us, too. And they're going to have totally different views than somebody from South Dakota, or from Texas, or from North Carolina. I mean, this country is huge with a bunch of different people with different ideas. So when you get something like Washington, D.C. with Congress, I want to see people that are gay. I want to see people that are black and Hispanic, or Latino, or Asian, whatever else that may be. Because you need those points of view. If you want to make this country better for every single person, not just the white man, or not just black people, or not just gay people, I want everything better for everybody. And I don't think that, that should be something that should start controversy, because I think that we should all be able to live a comfortable, happy life in the United States of America. I agree with you 110%, and my response to you, do you know what you had said, is that... Um, you, you mentioned, you know, all these actors, actresses, musicians, etc., congressmen, senators. And, you know, but you think about it. Think about all the struggles that they had, that their families have had over the past decades and centuries because of the color or what they believed in. And now they have rights, but it's still an ongoing thing in today's world and society. I mean, I think you have to keep in mind, too, that as good of, as things have gotten for people in our country, whether that's people of color, LGBTQ community, whatever that may be, we're still not far removed from the civil rights movement of the 1960s. Emmett Till was a young boy that got murdered during that time. His birthday was yesterday. He would have been 80 years old. Nancy Pelosi, who is the Speaker of the House and essentially the leader of the Democratic Party at the moment, is older than 80. Joe Biden's 78, I want to say, 76. but don't quote me, whatever, close enough. These people that are in power were around then. We're not that far removed. Your grandparents are probably right around that age. My parents are 50. That's not far removed either. Well, My parents were still around when they were younger when eeny, meeny, miny, moe wasn't part, talking about catching a tiger. We also have age requirements to be in office as well. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong, yes. However, as a 20-year-old, I could run for office right now. Yeah. But I'm not diminishing anything. I'm just saying, like, to be in, like in Washington, oh, no, there no, no. are like I get that, but I'm just making the point that we're not as far removed from this these events as it seems. Think. Like, 
we're not that far away. Like there's people that are still alive that heard Martin Luther King speak, that understand what it was like to watch someone get lynched in the streets, that understand what it was like to have a sit-in where black people were basically assaulted for sitting in the wrong restaurant. Like we're not that far removed from that. Things have gotten better, but there's always, always, always room for improvement. And I think that's what we need to keep in mind. This year kind of took us back though too. Yeah, like I the mean, whole Chauvin thing, and I mean, if you're gonna talk about like Black Lives Matter and like all that kind of stuff, our country is the most polarized that it's been in a very long time. It's not the most polarized it's ever been because obviously we had a civil war, uh, and there's been a lot of other things that have happened in our country's history. However, I do think that the media plays a huge role in terms of what they cover and what they talk about and what they push for their agenda. 100%. I think that the leadership in Washington on both sides sucks, and they need to understand that compromise is a strength, not a weakness. I think that basically we all need to get over ourselves and understand that we are all American citizens, every single one of us. We need to work together towards a common goal of making our country a better place to live in for everybody. And that's pretty much all I have to say. I mean, speaking on, you know, what's happened over the past year, year and a half, you have Black Lives Matter, you have Blue Lives Matter. All lives matter. That's the thing that people don't understand is that I know this is very controversial, and I'm fine with saying this, and that's me and my own opinion, and that's fine. Well, so okay. Well, hold on. Let me, let me, let me. Talk. I don't know if we should have that in there though, because that's, well, it needs. It's fine to be said. That's the thing, because people are either going to agree or they disagree. But that's the thing that we're able to talk about. I mean, we're able to have wrong. disagreements. Like, no, and like agreements. genuine concern for the podcast itself. If we have like all lives matter in this, like at all anywhere, we could get done canceled. No more. So. So we can't voice our own opinions? We can't I mean, talk about what we want to talk about? Basically. Bro. Here's what I'm going to say, bro. That's the online... All lives do matter. Every single life. Whether that is well, yeah, an animal, whether it's a human, whatever that may be, regardless of your black, white, whatever. However, white lives aren't being taken right now just because they're white. Straight people's lives aren't being taken just because they're straight. Catholic people aren't being killed just because they're Catholic. All lives do matter. However, some of them are under attack right now and have been for years and we need to be able to bring attention to that fact and change that fact. And I think that's incredibly important because I will say, yeah, every life matters. But right now, black lives matter and people need to understand that. And LGBTQ people's lives matter. And all these people matter. And the police lives matter. I mean, everybody's life matters. Every single person. We are all humans. We all bleed red at the end of the day. But you have to understand that black people right now are being discriminated against. Other people are being discriminated against. Asians were discriminated against at the beginning of COVID. The only thing that changes who we are is how we act as a person. Exactly. But you, you do have to keep in mind that black lives are being discriminated against right now. So that's why black lives matter is what it is, is right now. And don't. So I'm not diminishing that. What I'm saying is because you mentioned all lives matter. If you say that... If someone went and listened to our podcast, they're just going to be like, oh, they said all lives matter. They hate black people. Right, right, right. And I think that's They're going to twist it on us. I think that, too, like, you did cut him off. Like, you didn't let him finish his thought, but you do have to add the context around it. Like, you can just say all lives matter. People know what you mean. But if you say, like, what I just said, we're like, we're all humans. But you have to understand that black lives are what's being whatever right now. Like, that's important, too. So what I was saying with the all lives matter is that, yes, black lives matter. White lives matter, blue lives matter, 
all lives matter. Yes, a person, a cop for example, can be discriminated against because of an action that he did and then it brings down the entire community around it. A black person can be discriminated against because of an action that he did and takes down the entire community. Same with a white person. Because of one person's actions, they bring down an entire community and that's not how it's supposed to go. You're supposed to be held accountable for what you do and you that's the only thing. I've seen so many posts on social media about a cop sitting at a restaurant with his head in his hands because people are looking down on him as a person for what he's doing as a job because of things going on around him in the police community. I've seen it for black people, I've seen it for white people, I've seen it for everything. We're all the same people. We all, as Ken said, we all bleed red. We all have the same, we all deal with the same injuries, same everything. The only thing that's different about us is how we act, what we believe in, and how we change in the, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, no one makes it out alive. Well, I know today was a very interesting episode of Blue Collar Boys. We got into some very controversial topics, but I do just want to make it clear to everybody that we respect everybody's points of views, and we hope that you respect ours as well. Um, make sure you check out our Instagram page and our Square site to check out our merch. And thank you for listening to another episode of Blue Collar Boys. Uh, have a great night. Have a great night, guys. Hey guys, it's Dean here in post to make a very special announcement. The Blue Collar Boys are officially announcing our own website. The link is bcbpodcast.square.site. Make sure to go check it out. Sign up for our emailing list. We promise not to blow up your inbox with junk. We reserve emails for special announcements only. We have merch for sale, affiliates on the site, as well as applications to fill out, and a chance at ambassadorship. So make sure to go check that out.